0: Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place, so let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast. This episode is sponsored by leo2ceo.com, everything you need to start, grow, or scale your post-law enforcement business. If you haven't come and check out the leo to CEO community yet, I want to encourage you to do so. Just go to LEO2CEO.com. You can sign up for free and gain access to our monthly workshops and the community itself. All right, today I have a guest that I am really excited about. Um, somebody that I've just I've really grown to really like, like not just, not just in a surface level way, but like somebody that I call brother. And, uh, I feel like we've made a really, uh, a good connection. And, uh, every conversation I have, uh, with this particular guy, I'm, I'm belaboring my introduction for right now is just, uh, it's, it's an enjoyable conversation and I've learned a lot from him as well. So I want to introduce to you, many of you guys probably already know him. Um, Jared Hardy, from Team Hardy, Jared, how's it going, man? I'm blessed.
1: Thanks for the the introduction and for having me on the show. And likewise, I I enjoy good, meaningful conversations in today's world where where both people walk away going, man, I I feel better having spent that time. So I appreciate you, and I look forward to sharing with
0: your audience. Yeah, there there has never been a conversation I've had with you that I've walked away feeling like was a waste of my time. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a high bar to keep.
0: I now, now I feel pressure. <laughs> you should. You should. That was my goal. It was just make you feel pressured right at the beginning of the show. I love it. <laughs> well, we've uh love it. we've gotten to know each other a bit more intimately here over the last couple months cuz we've been working together on some things.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the huge things for the copreneur path is probably one of the biggest mistakes I made was trying to do too much by myself. And I listened to, uh, your episode episode with Scott Savage, and he talked about the same thing. Like we have a tendency to go in and want to do all this stuff, which takes us away from what we're really good at. And, uh, thankfully you have skills where I don't, and now I can rely upon you.
0: Yeah. So we've, we've been working a little bit on your, uh, your overall brand messaging for your business and, and building a new website, putting together some lead generating assets. And, um, I've gotten to know you and your business pretty well in in that process. And it's been really neat to see just how focused you are on really getting after it, right? Like there's just no, there's no give in your drive, which I think is really, really cool.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, that's where we struggle a lot of times, right? Like we get this idea that being a copperpreneur and, and owning our own business is all fun. I'm only going to do the stuff I really like to do, but it's a challenge and, and there's things you're not going to enjoy doing. And you got to find people that maybe do enjoy doing them. If you can afford it, if not, you got to learn how to do it yourself. But um what I love Adam is, and police work is kind of like a team sport, right? It's kind of like football. If, if something doesn't go my way, I can blame the chief for a crappy decision, or my sergeant's just an idiot, or man, this didn't go right, that didn't go right, but when you set out on this path, you look in the mirror, and it's you like you either made it or you didn't, a- and yeah, I've stumbled, I've fallen, I'm bruised, I'm cut, I've had doubts, I've had fears, but I will never look in that mirror and say, "You didn't give it today, big guy, you let yourself down because I know what I promised my wife when she agreed to go on this crazy journey with me. Yeah. But there's so much reward in it, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, the flip side is when it goes well or you learn, you're like, okay, this is on me. I know this works really good for me. And what I love the best is the flexibility. Like the bureaucracy of law enforcement at times, it's so hard to institute change yeah. and to, to work through. Whereas here I can go, you know what? I suck at websiteing. I don't have an idea what a funnel is. Hmm. Let me find Adam. (laughs) He knows all these answers. Okay. Adam, how does this work? Right? Like you can just make changes with that. I don't have to submit eight proposals and go through a process like you would with an organization. So absolutely. It's rewarding. It's freeing. It's, it's humbling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How long, I mean, it, it took us, it took us a couple months to get all that in order uh, before it was a reality. But how long do you think that would have taken you on your own?
1: Shoot, I launched this business in 2016. I've been teaching my ground tactics course internally within my agency since 2006. I got pressured into going externally by some people that wanted training. So I launched it in 2016. And you looked at my website within like 10 minutes. You're like, dude, your website it's fucking awful. Like, I don't know what I'm clicking or why I would click this. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I hired some website people. It's like, you're like, dude, why are you standing on a mountain? Are you a mountain climber? And I'm like, well, no, I teach ground tactics. Like, Well, what the hell am I looking at? So I'm like, all right. So how long would it took me longer than it is now?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think it's I think it's really cool. In fact, Austin and I were we recorded an episode this morning, which, as of the time that our audience is listening to this, will have been probably a couple of weeks ago that that episode came out. Now, but we talked about um, uh, applying violence of action to your business, and and the focus and drive on moving things forward. Because I think as cops, and I don't want to rehash everything from that episode, but I think you are. You're a really good example of this because I think as cops, we get used to that adrenaline rush of running call to call to call to call to call and trying to juggle a million different things and write seven different reports all at the same time and dictating a report on the way to another call, right? Like there's this adrenaline rush with that, that chaotic nature um, but that doesn't apply well to business. You have to have drive and focus and really put the pressure on the, the things that are going to move the needle. Yeah, And I, I think, you know, to borrow a, a term from Jocko,
1: like in business, your default is like, ag- Oh yeah. We talked about Jocko on that. How episode can you not, too? if you're doing leadership, <laughs> Go right? Ahead. If you're doing leadership, Jocko <laughs> should come up, but default is aggression. Yeah. Whereas when, when you're within an organization of law enforcement, like everything is slow progress is very slow and in your business slow kills me right like i gotta be moving i got to that's right to to nurture the leads i got to make changes to the way like i have to go forward to find that success so i think it's just a little bit is it giving yourself the permission that okay it is okay to just go fast and you know scott you know, I was listening to Scott's episode and he, he, he's much opposite of me. He has all kinds of stuff dialed in and all these details, dude, I just go. And then I figure stuff out while I'm in motion. And that's kind of just how I live my life. And you saw, that's how I ran my website, which wasn't the best way.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and here we go full circle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Jocko is a, uh, uh, a good a good mentor to look to when it comes to leadership and mindset. Dude, let's just really, let's be honest. Can we
1: just make him president? Can we just put Jocko in the white house? Oh, dude.
0: Oh, that would be so like, let's just call it what it is. We're
1: done with all these other guys. Jocko, you're the president. Tell us what we're doing
0: next. Oh man. That's, that's a dream. I can't even possibly imagine. (laughs) That's true, man. But you're right. So your business constantly has to be shifting and it's never stagnant. You're never, you're never going to hit a spot where you're like, I've arrived and now I don't have to do anything. Right? Like there's constant, there's constant motion there and innovation. And, and I'll say this too, uh, just shifting gears here a little bit now. uh, One of the things that I I really appreciate about you and what I really like about your focus in business and, and your message about what you are offering um, is that it? It breaks. Well, it creates a paradigm shift, right? So we're we're breaking kind of some of the old ways of doing things, which um, is probably why we brought up Scott Savage earlier in our conversation too, because that was something that him and I have talked about a lot on this podcast as well. Is you know killing the that's the way we've always done it mentality. Uh, I think it's a disease personally in law enforcement, and a lot of law enforcement training is steeped in this tradition which tradition is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not totally crapping on tradition, but sometimes tradition can stand in the way of good, of, of positive progress. And in that sense, a lot of our law enforcement training is really focused on what I would say is negative reinforcement, right. Of, uh, you know, kind of the drill instructor mentality. If you did it wrong, you did it wrong, fix it because you're going to, this is going to get you shot, right. Which it may be, but as a, as a coaching style, as a training style, it's not always that effective. And and I really appreciate that you place this importance and focus on coaching confidence rather than instructing fear in your training. And when I saw, like when we were going through your messaging and we talked about that, I was, I was a hundred percent on board and I just love that, that concept. So how did you come to that, um, decision that that was the focus that needed to have? I felt it. I felt it. It was real. I
1: felt it, right? Like I had been a policeman since 1997 and I had ups and downs and worries about tactical skills and my physical fitness and stuff. And, And I started in mixed martial arts and I had a coach, Ryan Schultz, who was a world champion. And I watched how he trained students, stay at home moms, people trying to lose weight, professional fighters, kids, and if they stumbled in class, they always got an extra rep or two to get it right or to have better success. And, and he connected with your mind and your heart as much as your physical skills. And when I trained with him and I was competing in mixed martial arts, so I'm like, this guy's sending me out to battle at an agreed-upon weight class on a certain night in an arena against a known opponent who I can research and see what skills they have. And he makes me feel like I'm invincible. Yet we're training cops and sending them out to battle at unknown times with unknown locations, unknown opponents, and our training doesn't remind them of who they can be. It scares them. It teaches them all the negatives, and if they have a bad training day, we don't give them another rep to fix it. We send them out and then, you know, running the academy for my agency, I, I got to go visit other academies and I'd watch these scenarios where these young cops are sent into a, you know, 16 people fighting in a bar and you got to go in there and break it up, but you can't have your less lethal or your baton. Well, of course they go in and start shooting people. And you're like, as soon as their gun comes out of the holster, it's like in scenario, good job. And I'm like, no, that's terrible job. Terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why did yeah, we no send kidding. him in here <laughs> on the street? If he runs into a 16 person bar fight by himself, we're chewing his ass. But in training, you're going to tell him this is good. And then you're going to reinforce that the firearm finishes stuff. When in fact, where's his thought process? And, and so I, w- I was around it. And I was like, okay, we can do better. I don't need. Yes, fear is part of it. I love fear. Being afraid means something's important to me. It means something, something good's about to happen. So I can run away for it. I can go for it. But what we were teaching was causing people to be afraid of fear and to back away, which is the exact opposite of what we want cops to do. I want you to embrace it. Okay. Brings my tunnel focus in. I'm feeling, okay, why am I afraid here? What's going on here? What's different about the situation? But have the confidence to go forward and act and make smart decisions and tactical decisions from a place of belief, not a place of, oh my God, I'm going to die because I died in every scenario at the academy.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I used to box, um, when I wasn't fat, like I am now, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I used to box and, uh, I really enjoyed boxing, but my boxing coach, um, he, he actually, and I didn't realize it then, but he kind of had this concept figured out because while we were training, you know, there was no, there was no give, right. It wasn't like, it wasn't soft training by any means, right. It was uh, you know, about pushing yourself and and being driven to move forward and, uh, and, and, and fight through whatever the pain was. Right. Um, but he always ended on a positive note. So, uh, he never allowed training to end in a way that was like, ah, dang it, I screwed it up and did it wrong. And so if you did screw up and do it wrong, There was always, like you said, another repetition that said, All right, we're gonna fix this and we're gonna end on a high note. And as soon as we got it right, it was, okay, now we're done for the day. Right. And I didn't realize what that was at the time and why it mattered. But it's
1: coaching. It's coaching you to believe. Think about and this is one of the analogies when when I meet with agency head and they're like the heads and they're like, Well, why should we coach when we instruct? Like, okay, Denver Broncos. Do you think on Friday they practice fumbling and getting sacked and missing field goals and they call it, ah, that's good enough because time's up. We're going to go out Sunday and win. No, they do it till they can't get it wrong, right? They do it so many times that come that two-minute warning, they know how to respond. But we don't treat law enforcement training like coaching, meaning this. I present you the information. My job is done. I check off. You were there. You got the information. What you do with it, it's up to you. What I'm challenging is no. When they're in your class, you should base your job on how well they take your information and do they win when it matters most, meaning Saturday night at 2 a.m. in the morning. Do they take the techniques you taught and the tactics and the mindset and win? And if, if we took that and every time I ca- you came to my class, I'm like, all right, I got to give him because I only win if he wins on Saturday nights or Friday or Monday morning, whatever your shift is. If I invest myself in the outcome of did you take the training and apply it successfully, I present the information differently to you. I give a little bit more. I care a little bit more. Versus running you through a lesson plan that I don't really give a shit about. And that's why when people are like, law enforcement needs more training. I agree. We can always do more training.
0: Yeah, 100%. But I would say the
1: majority of law enforcement needs, we need better training. Yeah. Right? We need training. We need coaching. We need to get better. We need to sweat. We need to work hard. That is training. Sitting in a class, like I'll, I'll throw this under, and I apologize if any of your audience is, is in certified no. experts, but this drove me <laughs> yeah. nuts, right? Yeah. An eight-hour training day. They called it training, and right. I learned how to push a button on a machine and type.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it counted, right, on my resume. It was eight hours of training. Well, you didn't mm-hmm. make me better. I got no better from this. Yeah. What I'm saying is law enforcement training should have an outcome
0: of, did we make you better? And if we didn't, tell me why. I think so many of these state mandates have really made it worse. They've, they've actually, for sure, they've actually exacerbated the problem because what you end up with is, uh, well, we got to check that box and we got to check this box. Um, Hey, so Austin and I have, have just lamented about this a couple of times Here on the podcast, Uh, but you as a fellow Colorado peace officer can lament about this with me as well. Do you remember the dog protection training act training that came out that taught you to (laughs) you had to take your keys if you had a vicious dog jiggle your keys and and throw throw your your keys? (laughs) Don't worry about getting back in your car. Yeah, right. Just throw your keys. Or, yeah, I guess you could throw your house keys, but I kind of like to get back in my house when I get home too. <laughs> Here's what I would say is law
1: enforcement can't be our own worst enemy, which at times we are, right? Like we don't want to improve our training. We want to keep doing it the same way because there's two things cop hate. cops hate, right? Staying the same and changing. They hate both of them. But we Mm -hmm, don't progress our training because we'll fight against ourselves. You know, and I can't tell you how many times I get this. Well, we already trained with so-and-so or such-and-such group. We can't train with you. Why not? Why can't you have mutual ideas? Why can't you train with me and take what you like from my program and train with Bob's and take what you like from him and make what's best for your agency? Because I don't know what's best for your agency. I know what works. But only you police your community. I've never policed your community. Right. And, and that's where I want us to go. And that's why coaching is so important. And that's why challenging the status quo is so important because I don't need people in elected positions to tell me how to be a cop any more than I'm going to tell them how to be a politician. But we also have to check our ego and be humble enough to realize, eh, I don't know everything. Let me bring in somebody that does. Same aspect for our business side, right? Like, I don't know everything. I'm really good at this but I can't be really good at this if I'm trying to do all this other stuff. So let me bring in people to supplement me and help me so that they do that. And I do this and then we all win because if the message doesn't get to the students, it's not a success anyhow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Valid point. Um, I, you know, as we, we kind of unpack this concept, I highly doubt that there's anybody listening to the show that would disagree with the stance that we're taking on this. Right. And I think it makes it makes sense and it and it simplifies things if we start from this point of uh coaching confidence rather than instructing fear. But obviously that's not the that's not the norm. That's not what happens. So what do you see are the challenges typically and how do you overcome them as it relates to taking somebody who has been instructed in fear and trying to turn that around and now head them in a different direction? I, I see it as kind of
1: deprogramming to reprogram. And one of the ways I start every one of my classes, the first thing we, we do introductions, we do expectations. Then we talk about the four letter word that's every always present. And that is fear. And I put up it on the board. I'm like, okay, tell me what fears you brought to this class today. And then I start, I'll tell you my fears. My fears are you think I'm an idiot. I can't remember what I'm supposed to be doing. I my zippers down for the whole class, right? I tell them what I'm afraid of, right? Because everywhere we go, we have fear. It's normal. So why are we so afraid to talk about it? And then the whole classroom goes around. They all share their fears. And I write it on the board and it stays on the wall, the whole class. Because the point is you had fears coming to my class. I had fears coming to you. Every student coming in your class will have fear. Fear of, oh, I hope he doesn't know I'm hurt. I hope they don't know I haven't worked out in a long time. I hope he doesn't remember that I haven't done practice. I haven't practiced DT since my academy, right? They all have fears. But once we start getting the fears on the table, then we can start to go to a place of confidence and coaching. Now, the caveat is this, Adam, and this is where it's tricky. If you tell me your fears and I don't do anything to alleviate them. If you tell me your fears and I make fun of you about your fears, or I razz you about your fears, I have broken the trust and you will never tell me again. So if you're going to open up that Pandora's box, you better be a man or a woman and protect it and use it for good, right? Because if I know you're afraid of this, I want to put you, like, uh, I'll share a story. Dwayne Allen, awesome cop out in Colorado. He told me on his first day of class he was afraid of public speaking, and that's why he felt he couldn't be a good coach. So guess what Dwayne did every day in class? He spoke in public. At first he spoke at first. I put him right. in a group of two people that he knew. And I say, Dwayne, make sure they understand what I just said. I don't think I got through to him. I knew what I said. I wanted Dwayne to practice saying it. And then when he got those two, I'd switch up to two people. He didn't know. Hey, Dwayne, teach them this real quick. Cause I, they're making a mistake over. There. I'm busy over here. You teach them. And he teaches them. And then by the end, what I love about Dwayne is by the end of the week, he was like, coach, I saw what you did there. I saw what you were doing. <laughs> right. But now, why is that? Because he said he was yeah, afraid. Yeah. So in order to get him to be the coach he can be, we got to overcome this. And the safety of training is where you overcome fears, if only we train that way. Now, if I would to put him up in front of everybody on day one, be like, Dwayne, teach this. I, he'd have shut down, and we'd have never got
0: to where we were. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love that, man. I love it. I mean, the only, like you said, the only way you overcome fear is, is in training. And that's absolutely of anything. Right. Like the only way I overcome the fear of running uh, a 5K is to get up, get out every morning and go run. Right. Um, it's it's in training. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, that concept applies
1: for sure. And, and that's and it boils down to this
0: as we got to wrap up
1: for you, I think, on your timer. Yes. Give me your final thoughts. If law enforcement training should never be about you, it's always about your students. And the minute they walk in that door, We need to shift the mindset. It does not matter how good I am anymore. It's only how good I make them. And if I put the onus on how well do I help them perform, I will give more. I will prepare harder. I will show up ready to lead versus share information. And I think that's what makes us different and why I love doing what I do and why I don't cut corners or, like you said, have doubts about what I'm doing because I know it works. And I know we need more of it in law enforcement. It's worked for me and it's worked for those that I've been blessed to coach.
0: Love it, man. I I love the journey that you're on. I love being a part of it. And I love that a a friendship uh, is developing out of it. And I can't wait to come, maybe come hang out with you and pull up in the parking spot next to you down there in Florida uh, at at the campgrounds (laughs) and hang out and roast some marshmallows, cook on the grill, drink a few beers, you know? I love it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If not, we'll get together when I'm in Colorado here in a couple weeks. Awesome. Actually, a month or so now, Awesome.
0: I, guess. I love it. Well, I appreciate hey, you, Adam. Hey, why don't you uh, – you've got stuff you need to plug. Why don't you let everybody know what you need to plug here?
1: Yeah. Yeah, please follow me over on LinkedIn. It's primarily where I run all my law enforcement content at Jared Hardy. I also have a YouTube channel under Team Hardy and uh, TeamHardy.net. Uh, my friends – have just launched me a brand new super slick website that I think you guys will like. So come on over, visit that and uh, give us some feedback. And if you're looking to change your training and you want some more coaching um, confidence over fear, I would love an opportunity to talk with you.
0: Awesome. Now, now, Jared Hardy coach. I'm going to be your coach here for a second. I'm going to let you know. Anytime you go on a podcast, plug your lead generator, my friend, So go. (laughs) Oh, my lead generator. What is that?
1: Dude, I see. I'm still, that's why I have you, dude. I forgot. I got that thing. My lead generator. What is it? Five ways your training is setting you and your students up for failure. Oh no, we
0: got to practice this. Well, yeah. (laughs) Ah, dang. (laughs) Five ways your current. Yeah, I I got the website. It's five ways your current training methods are setting you and your students up for failure. And you can find that at teamhardy.net forward slash five ways that's the number five ways um so yeah hey i'm See happy that, to help you out brother. I have you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i appreciate you. i totally dropped the ball on that one <laughs>
1: hey and that's part of coach you gotta be humble enough to admit when you fall
0: <laughs> it's all good man i just i just want to help you out brother we'll put the link for that on the ship on I the uh, episode notes for this episode and uh you know what if you haven't already do go check out jared's podcast as well the on purpose podcast. Uh, so Thank check you. that out. we'll of course link to that in the show notes here as well. Jared, man, it's a good time. I could keep talking forever. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you so much. Have a great day. You too. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leotoseo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.